Uh, welcome to episode 242 of the Chris and Emily Show Bible Idiots Podcast, now known as the No Apology with the, not the, just No Apology with the Bible Idiots. That's who we're going to be going forward, and it is the uh, non-long form teaching. It's the Chris and Emily Show portion, and uh, I've been talking to Emily about what she labels the show. Maybe we should put something in front of it, and she said, no, people will get it. Long form means it's a sermon. The other ones mean it's us doing the Chris and Emily show portion. Yeah, give so, your listeners some credit, dude. Yeah, yeah. We're glad you're with can, us. They we're, can crack that code. For <laughs> going on close to 20 years now, we've been laughing louder, digging deeper, living larger in the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's not a whole lot to laugh about today, but we can take pause. Right now, it's Monday, January 17th, uh, 9.45 a.m., and that's when we're recording. By the way, I've heard from two different people yeah. that I'm really confident don't know each other that basically said the same thing. What's that? They like when I identify when we actually record these, when they're going through, because some of them listen to like five or six in a row on a, like a long road trip, and they haven't listened for two weeks. So okay. it's good to know when we're so actually we could, recording. We, we should just mess with them. And this episode was uncovered and has been dated by scientists as done in... 200 BC. <laughs> That's it's right. It's been on Earth recently, and you'll see just how relevant their words were back then as they are now. After I overthrew the <laughs> Babylonian Empire. That's when I sat down and decided to write out the script That's for this podcast. That's a bunch of Babylonia. It is Monday, January 17th, 9.46 a.m., and Emily, that means it's a holiday today. Yeah. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day. I love that. Well, actually, Reverend... Martin Luther mm-hmm. King Jr. Day. They've they've dropped the reverend portion of the program. Yes. If you've noticed that, just to say doctor. And it helps everyone forget that his doctorate was in theology. And so I like to make sure I stick that that reverend yes. Martin Luther King Jr. And we, Day. we picked that up from Lee Habib uh, from Our American Stories, because today he will air all two hours on Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. Yep. And I remember when I was uh, blessed to be a consultant for American Private Radio, which is the parent to our American stories, Lee said that in L.A., he got caught. By by the way, the two hours today, we'll have Dr. King, Reverend King, doing the the pastor thing where Lee intentionally says it's Reverend, not Doctor. Right. And then he plays clips. Yeah, Yeah. plays clips of uh, Dr. Martin Luther King, Reverend Martin Luther King, doing... Scripture, sermons, yeah. messages, What speeches. reverends do. Yeah, speeches <laughs> where he's given speeches for civil rights, but he's backing it up with scripture. Yeah. And the general manager of KABC, the uh, big, big affiliate in L.A., called him and he, she said, Lee, yesterday in your show, there was like 20 different times the Bible was referenced and Jesus was referenced and we didn't get one single call. Why? Because it was Martin Luther King Jr.'s story. Right. To being told by himself. Yeah. And so it's amazing how in the perspective of people telling their stories that there's a credibility there. Yeah. There's a, people will just listen. My yeah. testimony is this. You can think that I'm a, a loser. You can try to cancel me, mm-hmm. but you can't take my testimony from me. And that's what I like the most about uh, Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. on Dr. Martin yeah. Luther King Jr. Day. So when you talk about it, talk about it to your friends and family, make sure you slide that reverend in there because that's really the point of it. It's a day to honor the work that this man did with, with, he didn't do it alone. He did it with 
Southern Gospel Coalition. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a biblical movement and people grabbed onto it, um, grabbed onto that truth. And so it's that day that we honor him for the work that he did with the Southern Gospel Coalition in uh, just furthering that biblical idea of racial equality. It right. is a biblical and uniquely biblical idea the reason the biblical thing has so much credibility with me was because he did it in a non-violent way yep, that was his uh, that was yeah. his whole approach is that we have to be non-violent and that's what god led him to uh-huh. and you know there are times when you have to you know take up the sword the bible's right, clear right. on that too but when possible be at peace with each other and the non-violent peaceful thing that he did was great and i don't know if many people may not know this but malcolm x uh, really went hard after after Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah, and he wanted to fight fire with fire, and and I gotta say, I understand that feeling welling up in people mm-hmm. that Malcolm X had, but then that carries you to to a pretty dark place. He went Malcolm X went after the whole movement uh, with them singing their songs, "We Shall Overcome," and he gave this fiery speech. I think it was in Detroit, and he ended the speech with. And instead of singing, we should be swinging. And the whole crowd erupted. And you know how Martin Luther King responded? How did he respond? Not at all. Mm, he just kept moving on. He just did what on. he was called to do, exactly. Yep. Well, I was privileged enough to purchase the uh, the little film company that we have, purchased the rights to be able to use his Nobel Prize acceptance speech. And it didn't. the, the, the bill didn't come in dollars. It came in kroners. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Interesting. And, and we used it in the movie Colors of Character. If you've not seen the movie Colors of Character, the story of Steve Skipper, who did a painting unveiled at the Millennium Gate Museum in Atlanta of Dr. King, Reverend King, uh, writing his Nobel Prize acceptance speech in the mangroves in the Bahamas. It's an incredible portrait, and that was kind of like the backdrop of the documentary that I had the privilege to write and direct. If you ever get a chance to see it, Colors of Character, and uh, today is a day about remembering a man who, in my opinion, put Christ first in everything that he was about. Was he perfect? No. Can we dig up dirt on him? Sure, but why? He had tried to advance the gospel first and through advancing the gospel see actual racial equality in his lifetime yeah um probably actually that's a really good idea is to watch that movie colors of character if you're going to celebrate the day today if you're going to do something to mark the occasion uh, colors of character that's a really good movie to watch and it, it it's not about him specifically but uh He definitely enters into the realm because Dr. Martin Luther King, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Dr. Reverend Martin Luther King, he's got too many words there. The branding of Dr. King is so prevalent that the Reverend gets forgotten. That's why when Leah Beeb did that, I just found it really cool. And Emily and I have been trying to carry that on. Yeah, uh, but that, that would be a good way to celebrate the holiday because he did influence and continues to influence and and impacts people today so yeah. long past his his lifespan one of the things that we've been noticing is that as we come to you for the chris and emily show whether it be martin luther king jr day or not 
we seem to get caught up in what I call the bummer train. You know, you laugh louder, we joke around a lot, we dig deeper, we get into God's Word, and because of that, we live larger in the Lord Jesus Christ. A good way to put that in 2021, now going into 2022, was that we don't let our circumstances affect our joy in the Lord. We still get torqued off, we still have bad moments of, of days, but at the end of the day, we don't want it to affect our circumstances. I don't know how to do that with what I'm reading in the headlines, <laughs> yeah. because... It's crazy. It's really insane. And it's like, how did we get here? And I know that we can go back to even before we started our podcast, even go back to some of our radio shows back in 2015 and previous to where we had these conversations about where does it end? Where does it lead to? And, and here we are. And here we are. It's, <laughs> and the thing I know is that the Bible's real clear. God's not going to be mocked. And when there's evil leadership, the people suffer. We know that that's the case. True, yeah. And I've got a couple other scriptures to share with you on that going forward. But we've got to try to find a way to not let the Chris and Emily show portion of our weekly podcast just be people wear, We're doomed. <laughs> wear your masks till you die. And if you're vaccinated, hold on. You're still contagious. And if you're unvaccinated, hold on. The vaccinated will make you feel bad about that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like, I, it's it's just madness everywhere. It is, it and, is. And here's what really has got me this week, and I want to get your response on it. And Emily does not know this question's coming. I just want your honest, top-of-the-head response. What do we do when we know not just that we're being lied to, but we know that they know they're lying, they know we know they're lying, mm -hmm. and they continue to pound away with the lie. Mm, you know, yeah. the safe and effective vaccine that was on the football game last night. The safe and effective vaccine. And it's yet, a lie. Everybody knows that. Well, because we read an article that same day from uh, Epoch News that said more children are dying from being vaccinated than they are from getting COVID-19. Mm -hmm. that's, that's sobering words. You've you got know? 100 people so. in the hospital and, uh, you know, what is it? 65 of them have been vaccinated. Mm -hmm. And, you know, 35 have not been vaccinated yeah. and they're all it's suffering in the same kind of way. My mom, fully vaccinated with the booster, she got just as bad symptoms as Emily and I when we all got it at the same we we could, we caught it all on the same day. Right. It just took a little longer for me to to test positive, but well, let's see, and that's another thing. These tests. What kind of a test do you go in after being sick for three days, visually sick for a long period of time? You were obviously infected before the symptoms even started showing up. You go in for a test and it's negative. Oh, come back in two more days and we'll see if it's positive. And other people go in and they test positive. They have no symptoms and they never really even get sick. Like what, what, how is that even considered a test? Doesn't mm -hmm. the word test by its very nature mean pass, fail? We're going to see what's real, what's not, what's true, what's false. I mean. We don't do that no more. <laughs> we don't do that no more. We don't do that no more. No, no, no how, no way, no how. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it's crazy and it's hard. And when when they run around uh, contradicting themselves and you know double backing and changing things midstream and and everyone is confused, then it's no wonder people people can't unify because there's so much confusion. That is 
the author of confusion, Satan. He loves to see that. He loves to see confusion because under that realm of confusion, people have a very, very difficult time unifying and coming to some sort of a solution or conclusion, or just to simply, as Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King would say, overcome, right? And so that's his plan is to cause confusion. And so I think that to answer part of your question, uh, the lies and the doublespeak is designed by Satan to just confuse us because when we're confused, it's harder to get to the truth and we can, and, and it's harder for people to unite. And if we're not united, we cannot defend ourselves against those lies. Well, here's the hardest part for me. And when I say hardest part, I'm man, maybe a little bit tongue in cheek. I mean, I'm not saying there ain't more to the story here. Right. Um, that was really good grammar, wasn't it? I'm not saying that there is not much, much more to the story here. But for me, a big thing, if not the biggest thing, is the helplessness I feel when nobody seems to be able to do squat about anything. We see the wrong, but we, no one does anything about it. Everybody sees it. And yet everybody knows there's nothing they can do. That's what it seems like. What, do you, what, are we, what am I talking about? I'm saying... We see the CDC come out and say vaccinated people are just as contagious as unvaccinated people. Your vaccine doesn't prevent you from spreading the virus. The virus can go everywhere. Also, we have now learned that vaccinated people can get the virus just like <laughs> unvaccinated people. And they try to say that vaccinated people will have less severe symptoms. Right. But now that Omicron is here, everybody's symptoms are supposed to be a little bit on the lesser side. Mm -hmm. So there's no big threat anymore. And yet last night on the football game, you know, if you really care about your neighbor, yeah. you'll get vaccinated. <laughs> it's like, uh, you'll stop the spread. Oh, well, no, you won't stop the spread, but you'll, you'll not be as sick. Well, no, you'll be as sick, but you won't be hospitalized as much. Well, no, no, you'll be hospitalized the same, but you won't die as often. Well, no, you'll, you'll die as much, but you'll go to heaven if you're vaccinated. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's insanity. Yeah. Like Peter standing at the gates. Can I see your vaccination card? <laughs> Or a negative test before you come in. I remember we were going to go to Kansas City. We were going to visit the Holocaust Museum. Uh, you know, they had a traveling, yeah. you know, event or whatever. And, and we were really excited. And we were, we were making plans with our friends. And a friend of mine, she said, well, well, we have to wear masks. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not sure. We better bring them just in case, whatever. And then she said... Well, I wonder if we'll have to show proof of vaccination. And we both just kind of looked at each other for a second as that thought settled in that we'd have to show our papers in order to get in the Holocaust Museum. <laughs> like, does anybody see the irony here? And, it, and yeah, it's just it's insane because we should know better. We've seen it happen so many times before. Go back to 1988. All right. Why was Mike Dukakis the Democratic oh. presidential nominee? Why? That's a name. That's a blowback. I, I can wow. tell you why. Because Gary Hart was found on the boat with, I think her name what was, was her Donna name? Rice. Yeah, you. that's okay. right. Wow, good memory, I, I was a journalism student back then when yeah. journalism still was a real thing. Yeah. And a broadcast major and, right. you know, religious education. They were just on a boat together and the guy's married and, boop, you're out of the race, dude. You can't well, be acting like that. There was pictures. It was more than just hanging well, out, having that's... Diet Pepsis, okay? <laughs> but... 
It's, I'm serious. They had long know, lens video. Right. Okay. I get that. But, you know, they weren't exactly checking into hotel oh. and finding receipts. Or, but it was, but still, it was just like you're on the boat and you're obviously canoodling and you're out. Four years later. Yeah. Bill Clinton. Yeah. 1992. Accused he, not of doing that. On 60 Minutes, this is a huge pivot point for this country. That's when Hillary said... I'm not Tammy Wynette with Stand By My Man. And they just blew it off like it didn't matter. And for eight years, they showed the American public, you can just blow off anything and keep going like it doesn't matter. And if you start to put enough pressure on media, they'll start to stuff stories for you. And so that's when we started getting this biased media. George W. Bush, uh, in 2002, walked across the White House lawn. And when a president's carrying a book... That becomes news. Everybody knows what book, especially when you put the title out towards the press, you get to see it. And it was by Bernie Goldberg, and it was called Biased. And it was about how there's just this huge bias in the press. Well, fast forward six more years to 2008, and now as Obama won Super Tuesday and was careening towards the presidency, I, on the air in Phoenix, Arizona, called the full-on propaganda. And since then... That is child's play compared to now because we would still have people that would try to right wrongs that were blatantly obvious. If you had a blatant, obvious lie that was exposed by another major uh, committee, like, say, Mm -hmm. the CDC or the FBI or something like that, you were done. That no longer applies. We are now a country of depraved mind where you can have something completely throttled as a flat-out lie, as a con, and nobody does anything about it. You just keep going. Fauci, the fact that this man's not in jail? Come on. So uh, back to your question, what do we do? How do we go forward? How does the believer, how does the Christian navigate a world like this? And And in past years... It's more like how does the Christian navigate the culture that they're in, the country that they're in, the society that they're in. But now we're really looking at, okay, how do we navigate this world that we're in? Because it's all operating um, seamlessly, kind of under the same Mm -hmm. set of rules. I have an answer. Okay, give it to me. All right, are you ready? Yes. This is my answer. You set your face like flint towards the Lord Jesus Christ and you put God first in everything you do that's the answer and then if God if look if this is the end and America is going to be annihilated and this is the path we have to go let us go gloriously praising the Lord Jesus Christ mm-hmm. yeah. because like it says in Romans chapter 11 there will be preserved a remnant I want to be part of that remnant And in that way, we pursue righteousness by putting God first. If you just put God first in everything, you're not intentionally trying to pursue righteousness. You're just organically pursuing righteousness. Make sense? Mm -hmm. In the book of James, it says, draw close to God, he'll draw close to you. That gets misunderstood. He's talking to an audience that doesn't know the Lord, per se, or that's trying to know the Lord through various other means that's an heir. Once you know the Lord, you're as close as you're ever going to be. Now it's growing strong, setting your face like flint, having a spine of steel that doesn't come from you, but God will strengthen you if you put him first. Right. It becomes second nature, kind of. You know, it's like every other relationship that we have. You know, if you have parents that you 
love, respect, you've got a good relationship, and all of a sudden you've got a friend that's tempting you into doing something wrong or bad or good, you know, you feel that sense of this isn't right, my parents, how will my parents react? You know, you you have that. But if you flip that to where uh, you're in a situation where whoever is in authority over, over you, whoever oversees you, and you're in that constant state of rebellion. That rebellion is what feels comfortable. And to turn and think of, you know, obedience and loving and all those things, that feels weird to you. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's what, what where you where you put yourself. And like you said, Chris, setting your face like Flint and putting God first over a very short period of time, it does become second nature to where then those things that are not pleasing to God, uh, when those when you're confronted with those things, you get that uh, this doesn't feel right. This is this uh, I'm recoiling from this. It becomes second nature. Well, if you turn to Proverbs chapter twenty eight. It talks about what happens when evil leadership is put into place. And a lot of folks are going back to the Hitler days and they're like, you know, you know, Bonhoeffer, you know, even tried to kill Hitler and all this other stuff. Look, I don't know uh, what is the best thing to do other than to keep praying. And when I say put God first, I mean, he's first. As soon as I get a sandwich, I'm going to ask God to bless it. When I'm going to make a purchase, I'm going to ask God to bless it. I'm going to, you know, it, 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 when, when I'm taking the dogs for a walk, I'm, I'm, ask, I'm thanking God for the air in my lungs and that he would not let me go down like a sack of hammers with a sprained ankle like I did a year ago. <laughs> you become mindful of him in the same way that you want him to be mindful of you. Yeah, right? yeah. And in, in Proverbs 28, there's a bunch of different really good uh little you know how proverbs nuggets yeah nuggets of truth (laughs) hit you with three verses and hit you with three verses or two verses again it says in verse 10 the one who leads the upright into an evil way will fall into his own pit Mm. but the blameless will inherit what is good verse 12 when the righteous triumph there is great rejoicing but when the wicked come to power people hide oh and we're seeing that right now we're hiding in our house we're hiding from our jobs we're hiding from covid we're just we're isolating isolating cover our faces that's exactly what we're doing and what happens to people they start to harden their heart even the redeemed even the elect will start to harden their heart so verse 14 is for you my friend if you walk with christ it says happy is the one who is always reverent but the one who hardens his heart falls into trouble yeah there's a there's a peace and an assurance when you're walking with god and and you just know you're in the right place at the right time doing the right thing um because you know that because you're in communion with your father and 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 with your savior um there's a peace that transcends it all you know and and so you can be even in the midst of whatever the circumstances are at peace because there's things that the spirit the holy spirit will just remind you of you know it's just small things this is not your home this is not the end this is not who you are or this is who you are and when you are where you're supposed to be no matter what slaps you in the face there's a, an assurance and a confidence that you have well verse 16 is where i'm going to end the the proverbs out of right. 28 28 16 it says a leader who lacks understanding is very oppressive yeah. 
And do we have a leader that lacks understanding? <laughs> Just asking for a friend. Just a little. Yeah. But one who hates dishonest prophet, dishonest prophet prolongs his life. Yeah. And so we can still stand firm mm-hmm. to the end. Yeah. And we're going to need God's strength to do that. But I don't think I can come on the air day after day or, you know, week after week and keep riding the bummer train. We have to start pointing people to the joy that's in Jesus Christ. And it's it's put God first. It's the God first mentality. And I know you've got Jeremiah pulled up over there. I do. And it's really interesting that you say that because uh, when it comes to the Christian segment of a society, and I'm talking about any society, they are the moral or supposed to be. There's supposed to be the moral conscience of that society. And it doesn't matter if you're living in a free America or you're living in the Roman Empire. It doesn't matter if you're the majority or the minority. Your job is still the same. And that is to be the moral compass, um, God's ambassador, the moral compass for the people. And um, where we're seeing that really falter is in our pulpits in the United States. That's why we are where we are today. And so when we go to Jeremiah chapter 23, it says, Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture. This is the Lord's declaration. Therefore, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says about the shepherds who tend my people. You have scattered my flock, banished them, and have not attended to them. I am about to attend to you because of your evil acts. This is the Lord's declaration. I will gather the remnant that you want to be a part of, Chris, Mm -hmm. of my flock from all the lands where I have banished them, and I will return them to their grazing land. They will become fruit and uh, rather they'll become fruitful and numerous. I will raise up shepherds over them who will tend them. They will no longer be afraid or discouraged, nor will any be missing. This is the Lord's declaration. That's fantastic. I think we're just going to leave it right there for today. If you want to help us out, there's one big thing you can do. Tell your... Tell your friends to search for Bible Idiots wherever they get podcast content and help us grow this podcast. In the last four months, this podcast has jumped 30% in listenership. I don't know why God's doing that, but I'm excited about it. I want to go, uh, i thinking maybe 5,000% more. <laughs> <laughs> so if you would like to be part of that growth, we don't need you know you to donate right now or anything like that. You can donate at BibleIdiots.com if you'd like. That would sure help. But what I'm asking everybody to do all for the rest of first quarter is share, 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 share this podcast. If you go to BibleIdiots.com and you search the podcast link, you can probably share episode by episode, either in emails or social media or whatever you'd like to do. But if you would just tell people, all they have to do wherever they get podcast content is search for Bible Idiots. Uh, It would just really make our day and make our volunteer effort here a little bit more... um, fruitful i guess uh the way i put it over the new year holiday as we were praying about this was if you're gonna farm you don't look for a harvest the size of a backyard garden i mean and that's if we're we're gonna farm all year in 2022 with this podcast we want to see some fruit and Ah, there's a difference between a farmer and a gardener i gotcha good illustration although you're both so there i'm not a farmer no, I'm a gardener. Uh, many of us would beg to differ. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> okay. All right, that's going to do it. With my wife, with the skill set of the hill folk, my best friend and bride, Emily, my name is Chris. You get into the word of God today and go and serve your king.